Okay, everyone, hands in and sing ah. Uh, on, on three, three or after three? three? On three. Ready? One, two, three. Uh, uh. <laughs> Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Cues. Hi and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm your host, Liz, and with me I have, well, I'm sorry guys, I have Sam. Hi everyone, I hopped off at the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan. I am very happy to be here, cannot wait. There's a party in the USA and there's also a party in my pa- in my house. I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> I'm here to do this. Say, there's a party in my pants. Oh, pitch please, I am ready for this. Let's bring it on. Let's well, do, do you know bring why it we're on. doing it? What the fuck are we doing in this no, movie? Let's do bring it on. <laughs> we chose this movie for a specific reason, for a specific guest and I would like to welcome that guest right now. Hi Em. Excuse me? <laughs> I know. Uh, hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Liz. It's wonderful to be here. You are beautiful and radiant and as glorious as ever. And um, yeah. Hi, Sam. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, it's just um, literally just being courteous and that's all. But yeah. Hi. I don't deserve that. Anyway, um, as you've probably already worked out, um, we are doing the movie in the title of the podcast, which is Pitch Perfect. This is a 2012 movie. It is a musical comedy directed by Jason Moore and written by Kay Cannon. It features Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson, Brittany Snow, Anna Camp, Elizabeth Banks, Skylar Aston, and a bunch of other randoms. The scores that I have are 7.1 out of 10 um, from IMDb and 82% from Rotten Tomatoes. Now, because Sam is making me host, I'm going to make him give the plot, please. Okay, so this girl that is kind of annoying decides to go to university because her dad's made her, but she really wants to become a DJ out in Los Angeles. And then while she's at university, okay, well, college in America, sorry. While she's at college, she gets sort of basically told to join a group. And the group she joins is the Bellas, who are a cappella singing group. And she slowly finds herself along the way. <laughs> and... That's it. She joins an acapella group and it's the trials and tribulations as she has a bit of a coming of age as she starts to understand human interactions. Ah, if I say too much, I'm giving away all my answers. I'm just going to shut up. Yeah, you. that was shit. Like that, you call my plot <laughs> summaries <laughs> bad, but what was that? Well, like I said, I don't want to give away my opinions and my thoughts. I want to keep them to myself. And Oh man, I've got a lot to say about this <laughs> movie, but I can't do it now. No, but you've basically said, girl goes to college and discovers herself. Yeah, like, joins an music. acapella singing group and with it's the music. trials and tribulations of that singing group. What more do you want? I don't want to be here for 10 before, hours. Before you give too much away, why don't we um, move into our first question? And Ooh, what is yes. it, Sam? What? You do the first question. Top I know, but I've marked podcast. it as you and now it's going to throw out everything else, so I think you should give it. I really want to throw you, Liz. Uh, question number one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move through three personal questions that we thought of while we are watching this movie. The one we start with, compliment sandwich. If we like this film, we'll shit sandwich if we didn't. One for good, one for bad, one for good. Uh, 
Em, since you're asking the next question, why don't you start us off, our wonderful, wonderful guest? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I, was, I don't know why. I was so surprised you came to me first. Um, I was, I mean, I was surprised you came, but that's a different story. Stop entirely. it. <laughs> if there's anyone I'm going to go to first, Em, it is you, okay? Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to give it a sandwich that is complimentary. Because, firstly, okay, let me give you my sandwich. That's probably the best thing to do. So my first good thing is Anna Kendrick is great. There's nothing bad about Anna Kendrick ever. I think she's amazing. Uh, I think this is like the perfect vehicle for her to be as Anna Kendrick as you could possibly Anna Kendrick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, like, she's so Anna Kendrick, in this movie, you kind of get what I'm saying. But also, mm. this was the first movie that I saw Skylar Astin in. And I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? He's hot. So he dreamy. He can sing. He can dance. So dreamy. Like, when he does the singing and dancing, like, towards the end, you know, when they're doing, like, the main competition, both of them are great independently, but they're really great together. My bad thing is there's far too many stereotypes in the Bellas. So you've got, like, the sexual one, the quiet one, the lesbian one, the girl who's slightly bigger than everyone else but kind of masks that by being funny, the one who's really kind, and then you've got, like, the leader who knows best but then she learns that actually she doesn't. And it's just, like, trope city with all of these characters. Um, (laughs) And it's very casually racist as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like watching this again it's like oh my god this movie is like so casually racist like especially with the character of Kimmy Jin you know the roommate character and like when Bella's like saying asking if she speaks English and she's like yes English no English and I'm like oh my god like this girl is going to university in the US I'm pretty certain I'm pretty certain she speaks English Mm. like um yeah so it doesn't hold up very well in that regard, I don't think, but mostly because I don't like the stereotypes. I think that they could have like created better characters for all of these women. My final good thing is female-fronted comedy is like seriously underrepresented in Hollywood, so it's really good to have female-fronted comedy that does have you know a range of different women with different abilities, and in a way, it is trying to be diverse. It is trying to you know, focus on the women rather than the male group. Um, and, you know, I like that. I I think it actually does a pretty good job for a 2012 movie focused on women in 2012. But if this was made today, I think it would be a hell of a lot more diverse and a bit more kind of, you know, less racist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Mm. So what score are you giving it out of 10,000 pitch pipes i'm gonna give it seven thousand three hundred and twenty one pitch pipes oh i'm so glad to hear that okay (laughs) cool all right um my first good thing is that i love all the songs and especially the riff off and the proper shows like i just i found that super cool when it was just something a bit different that you didn't get in other movies and yeah really good vibes and stuff so big ups on that one um, big down thumbs on the weird vibes around sex and LGBTQ and just the same as you were saying, Em, it had more of a 2000s than a 2010s feel to me. Definitely some questionable stuff in there that, yeah, it really 
put a bad edge on it that you just didn't mm. quite, I was sort of made me a bit uncomfortable. My other good thing is the quality dialogue and quotable lines. Like, can you please get your head out of your ass? It is not a hat. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Some excellent quality things there. So I'm going to give this movie, do you know, I'm actually going to give this movie 8,205. Holy shit. Look, I really like it. And it would be great if it wasn't just for that weird, those weird things that just date it. If it wasn't dated, I love this movie. I think it's hilarious. Apart from the weird shit. Yeah. I mean, like, you guys have taken my bad thing, which is that there's such broad strokes and, like, that was it. Like, I mean, you guys have summed it up perfectly. I don't need to go into it. But it's, like, it is a such broad strokes in terms of the stereotypes and all that sort of stuff. Um, my good things, first of all, Rebel Wilson. I'm I'm not a fan of Rebel Wilson. I don't, you know, I don't really get down on her comedy. But she is fucking hilarious in this movie. Is like, Absolutely. She is awesome. But also the other side characters, like John Michael Higgins, who didn't even manage to make <laughs> Liz's cast list, him and Elizabeth Banks are phenomenal. I, I love their like quippy remarks as they're judging these competitions. I think they're awesome. And then the other good thing is, like, yeah, it doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, there's so such a lack of comedies out there in the landscape now. I mean, they seem to have fallen by the wayside. These sort of like bigger budget comedies that you're sort of missing that comedy that doesn't take itself too seriously or has, like, you know, bigger motives mm. and all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of something I really enjoyed about this. That being said, I loved this film when it first came out. I did not enjoy my rewatch as much as I did. And maybe that is modern viewing. Maybe what you guys are talking about is right. Maybe it's the changing perceptions on some of the stuff that they talk about in terms of race and LGBTQ and all that sort of stuff. 6,100? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not very high on this film. I think that's fair. Honestly, that's higher than I expected from you. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite a high note, but it's, yeah. <laughs> so, question two. What characters best represent the other podcasters? I found it pretty easy to pick these, actually. Em, you are Benji, because you have the same weird but enthusiastic energy, and I like it. <laughs> and I also do close-up magic. <laughs> Sam, you are Kimmy Jin because of your ongoing hostility towards me. <laughs> okay. I would like you aren't hostile to me. Fuck you, start of this, Gliz. <laughs> I don't think I did. I think you're meaner to me than I am. I've been nothing but delightful to you through my first series of podcasts with you, and I've had nothing but hostility back. If anything- okay, I totally want to go back and check all of the podcasts and find out who was mean first. It's, it's a reverse situation here, Liz. You've reversed Uno'd yourself. Congratulations. You played yourself. I'm pretty sure it was you. What is your answer, Sam? I feel like Liz is totally Aubrey. She's like, <laughs> this is the rules. This is what we've got to do. We've got to stick to these. Hey, do, what do you reckon about this idea? No. No, we're not doing that. No. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I feel like that's, that's totally Liz energy. M, you're Gail. Okay, you're Elizabeth Banks. You come across as totally professional. You look like you're professional. You totally feel like you're professional. But then you open your mouth and you're not. You come on this podcast and you're not. And this is a massive, massive compliment because, as I said, I adore Elizabeth Banks. I think she is fucking hilarious. I've loved and watched all of her movies. Yes, I've seen Charlie's Angels. I think it was great. I don't know why people had problems with it. So to, for me to say that I think you're Elizabeth Banks, man, that's the biggest compliment I could give to someone. Wow. I mean, I thought you were going to be really mean. Um, no, only no, to no, me. No. I'm, 
I'm more than happy to be Elizabeth Banks. Like, I love Elizabeth Banks. And I love her in this movie as well. I didn't mention it, but I do love her in this movie. So there you go. I feel quite touched, uh, but not touched in that way because it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have chosen for Sam Bumper Allen. Oh, fuck. Uh, because I nice. reckon Sam would totally leave this podcast if John Mayer called. <laughs> yeah. Because I just feel like he's the sort of guy, like, I feel like if Sam got the call from, like, a big celebrity to, like, go on a celebrity podcast, I think he'd be like, right, bye, Liz. See ya. Whatever. C- yeah, okay. Yes. So I kind of, I feel quite bad now because I've chosen, like, a pretty shit one for Sam and Sam chose a really good one for me. So now I feel pretty crap, but that's just yeah, what I chose. So. It's fine. Um, that's fine. Um, <laughs> c- c- while, while we're on the subject, can we talk about that? How much of a weird late change is it in a movie where your lead protagonist just ups and leaves and he's not even there for the finale? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I kind of liked it, actually, though. It was kind of like tied in with his whole shtick. Oh, me and Stacey loved it because it was so random and left field. Like, it allowed, you know, Magic Camp guy to get into the group, obviously. Like, yeah. But it was so, like, was left field that it was like, what the hell? You know? Yeah, but then I suppose, That's like, funny. if they announced, oh, you know, Dave, that guy in the corner, he's just left, it wouldn't really mean anything. But because it's no. Bumper, I guess it kind of means more. Um, so, yeah. And... Um, I actually chose the same for Liz. I chose Aubrey. (laughs) (laughs) She's an Aubrey, right? (laughs) But no, but I had a really nice reason to choose Aubrey for Liz because I feel like Liz has led movie reviews in 20 Qs like an absolute trooper just recently. And like she didn't deviate from the way the podcast has always been run. And basically I put like in a nice way that she keeps you, Machu and Kahu under control. (laughs) <laughs> but like just like in a positive Aubrey way not like in a very negative Aubrey way unlike you Sam where you were like a very negative Aubrey I was like a very positive Aubrey I like it no no not necessarily I don't necessarily feel that like what I was saying about Liz was negative I feel like that's just what Liz is she's very well regimented and she has her idea of the way things should go and like she's very self-assured just like Aubrey that's basically what I was saying okay it's certainly not the worst thing you've ever said so I'll take it <laughs> All right, um, our question three is, how would you have incorporated Nicolas Cage into this film? Okay, so Liz knows him as Boyle. Most people know him as Boyle. Um, Joe Latrulliello, (laughs) he's awesome. But, like, he's awesome at belaying the weirdo, for sure. But, man, if you had Nicolas Cage in that role, where he's like, oh, you shove it up my ass, or, like, whip me with it, or whatever the hell he was going on about the trophy, man, that would be Mm. next level. That would be absolutely next level. Nice. Good call. Em? I was kind of thinking a bit literally, I think, because I was like, well, if you put him as the dad character or like the male judge, I think that would be a bit obvious. So yeah. I thought he could be like a Jessica or an Ashley, you know, one of the Bellas that who are in the background that you don't really hear from. <laughs> but like they get one line in the movie and like Aubrey's saying like, oh, you've not even been here. And they're like, we've been here the whole time. I just thought that would be funny if it was Nicolas Cage. You are correct. That would be funny. I would like to expand on that and just say that, like, how awesome it would be if we get, like, a Nicolas Cage freakout where she's just like, where have you been? And he's just like, I've been here all the time! And he just loses his shit and then storms out. that That would be amazing. That would make this movie a hell of a lot better. So I went with casting him instead of McLovin, so as the guy yes. running the auditions. Because he had that weird vibe and had the weird rant about the things that have happened to him. I thought, yeah, Nick Cage would deliver that well. 
Yes, Queen. That was my other option. I reckon that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd be quite happy with that change. Speaking of changes, uh, Sam, what's the next question? Question number four. What minor change would completely ruin this movie or make it infinitely better? I'd originally literally had adding in Nicolas Cage would ruin it, but sorry, (laughs) please, what's your answer? (laughs) Um, Well, my answer is that... To have Becca have like a relationship with the fit English radio DJ and then like have an inevitable love triangle between like her fit English radio DJ and Jesse. But like, I feel like that would ruin the movie. But it also seems like they were setting that up because otherwise, why would you cast like a really fit, blonde, hunky, young English guy as the DJ? if you weren't wanting him to, like, have something with Becca. So I don't know, like, I don't know, I haven't looked into it, whether they were, that was, like, an original idea or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a red herring, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it would ruin the movie because it would kind of take away from the whole idea of, oh, well, they're the Barden Bellas, they're singing, and you can't really have, like, a love triangle in there. Yeah. No totes. No, I think Mm. that's a good call. I've said that removing Fat Amy would ruin the movie. Like, as Sam said before, like, the movie would be just so much less funny without her. And also, they wouldn't have beaten the sock puppets without her. That's true. True. Yeah. She is the true MVP of this film. There you go, Dan. There's your answer for that question. Yeah. She really perked that performance up with her spectacular performing capacity. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. Anyway, (laughs) love Fat Amy. We love Fat Amy. Or Fat Patricia. (laughs) The one for me, I I don't know if it would have made it that much infinitely better. I feel like that's a stretch. But I love The Office. I think The Office is awesome. I would have loved to have seen Ed Helms playing Andy Bernard in character as this acapella group judging the Bellas. I think that would have been awesome. Interesting. Because The Office was so popular at this time, from 2005 to 2013, and like the whole Andy Bernard being an a cappella group from Cornell, yeah, all that sort of shit, it would have been awesome. I reckon it would have been a nice little tie-in to another, you know, like quite famous comedy at the time, a TV show, so yeah. Yeah, cool idea. Em, would you like to ask question five? I would. And also, I believe this question has come from Julio from the Contrarians Great. podcast. And uh, just want to say, I love the Contrarians. Just just putting it out there. Love Julio, love Alex, love what they do. And uh, Julio's question is, what's your most controversial opinion about this movie? Okay, so Becca's attitude is just really grating. And I'm totally on her dad's side. I'm such an old lady. But I'm just like... <laughs> You were getting a free college education and you want to go be a DJ. That's a very risky job. So your dad's just trying to help you out. And what's so awful about her stepmother? Like, we never know. She's just ripped on for no apparent reason. And Jessie put all the effort in. She does nothing for that relationship. And, yeah, all of these things. Like, I just constantly throughout the movie, it's like, you are just a really crap person. I do not like you. You know what else? Her mixes suck. They are fucking <laughs> terrible. I did think that um, trying to go to sleep to 500 miles mixed with techno would be actually impossible. It's 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 a horrifying. sign of the times. Back in 2012, oh my god, like Glee is like mixing songs with song. This is so amazing. These mixes are terrible. It's too much going on. It's insane. I was like. 
Like when the English DJ is just like, oh my god, hey, I've listened to one of your songs finally. <laughs> oh, this is really good. It's like, how much weed has that dude smoked right now? Like, or is he taking shrooms? Or is he on acid? Like, at what point? How high would you have to be? How long have you hang out with the high notes for before you find this music interesting? Because it's not. It's shit. <laughs> That's kind of the whole plot line of um, like Pitch Perfect 2, isn't it? Where she like goes and she's like, I want to just do these mixes. And they're like, no, that shit. Do something that better. It's absolutely shit. She's not coming up with anything herself. She's behaving like she's just painted the Sistine Chapel. You ain't done mm-hmm. shit. These mixes suck. Well, these are some controversial opinions. <laughs> these are controversial <laughs> opinions. And just to add, because mine is that Cups isn't that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was my other one. Oh, it sucks. And and the thing is, right? So she's she's in this audition and she do she does cups, right? Um, but it's not that impressive either as a song or a performance piece. And to be honest, I feel like the you know the way it went viral made it better than it actually was. But if I had colleg- if I had my own collegiate a cappella group and I was looking for an amazing singer to be in my cappella group. And she came to me with that song. I'd be like, nah, that's not acapella, bitch. Get out of here. You know, like, (laughs) what the fuck? How could she not know the audition piece either? Like Kelly Clarkson, since she's been, that's a pretty well-known song, isn't it? Like, just throw it out there. I've got so much to say about this. But also, like, man, she created a horrible meme before memes were even popular or TikTok or whatever. I can't count the number of times, I was living over in England at the time, the number of times some random guy, girl, whatever, would pick up a cup on a bar and start trying to do it. And it was like, it's like watching a white New Zealander try to do the hucker at three o'clock in the morning when he's drunk out of his head. You get the worst reenactment of it. It's so cringe. And you're sitting there and they've got a look on their face like, I'm fucking totally crushing right now. You are not crushing. You look fucking terrible. Yeah, thanks, Anna Kendrick. I told for the long Yeah, that's what it sounds like. All right. Question six. What question? <laughs> Just whatever you're ready, Seb. <laughs> yeah. Should have stopped at that bourbon. All right. So um what quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? You are probably the grossest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> that was gonna be mine. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> Fuck Bumper. Fuck comparing me to Bumper M. I'm so furious. He's such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I had a selection, so that was one of my selection. Good. That was such a gross line. Like, such a dick. Okay, M, what do you such got? Such a dick. Uh, so, because Sam nicked one of mine, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, nothing makes a woman feel more like a girl than a man who sings like a boy. <laughs> <laughs> That was quality. Thank you, Elizabeth Banks. Um, Okay, well, I'll give one of mine, and then if you want to throw out another one in, why not? Um, So I'm going with, you girls are awesomely horrible. I hate you. Kill yourselves. Girl power, sisters before masters. I'd be like... (laughs) Fucking bumper, man. I know, yeah. So I laughed because I was like, I also have a bumper quote. God, fucking Um, shit. The the other one that I had was, hands in, acca bitches, because... That would kind of be the worst thing to hear. Like, yeah. where are you putting that hand? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Fear. I also Sorry. had, um, it's your old man making a funny. <laughs> mm. That's not good. This is taking a turn. <laughs> and, then, and then the final one was, well, at least it's not herpes. 
Or do you have that as well? Yes, I had that as well. That was a good one. Well, you yeah, had herpes as well. Yeah, yeah, I had it as well. Both HSV 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, I think we should move on. Sam, what's the next question? Oh, God. It's kind of relevant. We should. It is kind of relevant. What was the biggest dick move in this movie? Lol. The biggest dick move. I mean, there's so many dick moves in this movie. <laughs> so many. Um, but I was like, I didn't want to choose something from Bumper because Bumper is literally the biggest dick move just generally. Yeah, yeah 100%. So I did thought that it was the rules of the riff-off because, so, okay, you've got all these groups of people and you have to know the lyrics to every song that they might pick and then jump in at the right time and then also know the lyrics to the song and also match the word to the lyric that they've just said. Yeah. And in my in my head, like that, that is the biggest dick move because that sounds impossible to me. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I love I love the riff off, but the idea like makes no sense to me. <laughs> oh, totally fair. I also wasn't going to do anything for Bumper. Mine's um, might be a bit surprising, but I'm going with something that Benji did, and that is him narking on the predominantly black team that were obviously better to get them kicked out so that a group of rich white girls could make it through to the <laughs> finals. I thought that was pretty shit. Interesting. <laughs> like, yes, they broke the rules, but also they were just way better. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, my one, you guys have already started touching on this. Pretty much everything Anna Kendrick does in this film yeah. is fucking dick move. You know, like you, you, you've you already spoken about a couple of Milder ones, but like asking a girl in 2012, do you know David Guetta? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's so like rich. asking water if it's wet. Oh my God, you know David Guetta? <laughs> Like, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. You know, like, I, I've come to the conclusion that Anna Kendrick's been homeschooled or something because, like, she's just so rude to everyone. Like, she's mean to her dad. She's mean to the guy that's into her. You know, he try, he's not even standing up for her. He, like, says a comment, and then she turns around in mid-fucking argument with, the, with Aubrey, starts flipping out at him, and then even when their final performance or whatever, and she, like, looks around, no one's into the song. Okay, I'm just going to randomly start singing something and completely throw off everybody. Like, everything she does in this film is just really dick move. Like, she is 100%. a complete dick. When her, when yeah. Jessie calls her dad to get her out of jail and she's just like, how dare you? I was like, that's really nice. Like, I'd be so stoked if the guy I was into, like, went to the effort to get me out of prison. Like, what's he going to do? Yeah. He's a, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's clear stupid. that he cares about her enough. Yeah. To, like, not have her sit in jail. She is actually kind of a big dick move, just yeah, generally Yeah, herself. yeah, okay. And let's, let's talk about the fact that she's been arrested, right? She is holding a trophy, it flips out of her hands, accidentally smashes a window. Most people would have somebody come in and go, hey, what happened here? Oh, I accidentally smashed a window, I'll pay for it. Cool. They wouldn't get arrested. She clearly was such of a dick to the police officers that they were like, <laughs> we're going to arrest this bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what I the fuck? You can imagine that she would give the police officer some lip. Oh, so much shit. Yeah, so much like fucking my shit doesn't stink. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Question eight. What was the most moronic decision made by an otherwise smart character? I am looking at my apparent spirit animal, Aubrey, because 
I feel like the girl really wanted to win. She was a smart woman. She could look and see what was doing well at the competitions, yet she still kept hammering on at that same routine. And I just couldn't understand why she wouldn't at least pick other songs, even if they were women's songs from the 90s or the 80s. You know, She just was really set on that one thing, and I couldn't understand why. I'm with you. Like, 100% I am with you. I feel like she got so wrapped up in her own narcissism that she was like, or, or, or like the, you know, like the pressures of the girl that was before her that was like, okay, you're the one, you're the leader, you need to do this, all that sort of shit. Um, she was she was going to be my first answer. And then I was discussing with a wonderful redhead, that is my wife, Stacey, and she pointed out that there's another redhead who's a very smart character, but sh- her most moronic decision was the fact that she keeps going along with Aubrey for so long, right? They both yeah. have the same level of seniority. And the ginger, at some point, Brittany Snow's character, I've fucking forgotten her name, could have just said, Chloe. that's the one, could have just said, hey, look, why don't you shut up, Blondie? Why don't we let some other people who have some other ideas have some input? And who knows, we might actually do better than boring a crowd to sleep. You know what I mean? Why did that ginger girl go along with her for so long? I was That annoyed me. That annoyed me. I feel like that was a very moronic decision by an otherwise smart character. Totally fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually do have an answer a bit later that I think answers the question about Aubrey. Yeah. But we'll, we'll come to that later. My answer, and to be fair, both of you have already mentioned this, I think. The idea that I had for the most moronic decision was the fact that Becca is rolling her eyes and just being a bit of a dick about getting that free college education. Mm-hmm. And the idea that she like forgets to go to class. So many people like all over the world would basically like give their right arm for a free university tuition. She seems like a smart character just generally. So why does she not understand that if she gets that free college education, it opens up more doors for her, for her music career? Because she's she's not just going to go to L.A. and music producers are going to go, oh, my God, you're Becca. You've heard of David Guetta. Yeah, of course you can come <laughs> in and work for us. Like, that's not how it works, Becca. Like, you need a college education. So why would she not be smart enough to realise I'm getting a free education. I might as well just stick it out for a couple of years and maybe I'll have fun and then I'll go to LA and do whatever I want with my dad's blessing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's basically, you know, like the whole idea of like, you know, these privileged white girls and all of that. And and that is kind of prevalent in this movie. You know, obviously we do have some women of colour in the group, but it's predominantly privileged white girls. Mm. And Becca is the ultimate privileged white girl. Yeah, oh, 100%. Absolutely. Also, the amount of eyeliner she is wearing is just excessive. So so much. That's also a black mark that I want to break up at some point, so I'm going to do yeah. it now. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving us on to question nine. Uh, what was the biggest load of bullshit in this movie? Sam, I know you're excited to answer this one. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I've got a top three. I want you guys to go first so I can roll through my three Afterwards, okay? Is that good? And just in case you guys tick some boxes. So, so M, you lead us off. Yep. Okay, well, my biggest load of bullshit in this movie was the fact that Becca and Chloe didn't get it on because the <laughs> sexual you. tension between them, especially, like, in the shower scene, like, I know Becca's, like, dude, I'm naked, but Chloe is very, like, hey, you know, I heard you singing in the shower and, oh, my God, you're really hot. And there's a couple of scenes where I'm, like... 
I think Chloe is into Becca and I think there's something there. So the biggest load of bullshit for me is that they didn't at least kiss because there was something there. Definitely something there. Em, I'm going to forgive you for comparing me to Bumper because you are channeling a lot of my thoughts that I had while I was watching this movie. And <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that you're saying them now on the podcast and not me and sounding like some creepy, horny dude. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I'm the creepy, horny dude. It's fine. <laughs> Excellent. My one is also about Chloe. Um, mine is the whole deal with Chloe's vocal nodes. Guys, I've had vocal nodules, okay? they <laughs> I had them. Uh, they just made me hoarse. Show they made off. me cough a lot. But I couldn't have sung because it was I just wouldn't have had the sound quality coming out of my throat. And even if she had surgery, I didn't. I had voice therapy to, to get me to speak in a way that didn't irritate them and so then they could go away. But even if she had surgery, I don't think she could have ever made the lowest sounds in that final song. Like, I have a super low range for a woman. I can sing baritone. So, like, not even, like, the highest dude, like a middle dude. I'm pretty much the same range. I tried my best. I could not get to the depth of that song. So I just do not buy it for a second. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. I've got my top three. Coming in at number three, the fact that Bumper throws a burrito at Fat Amy trying to ruin their chances of being at the singing competition and doing well. But yet he decides that the van or bus or whatever you want to call it goes back and picks them up. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, But also, did you notice that like... The burrito mess had kind of disappeared. I don't know if, like, they were suggesting that maybe Amy had some extra clothes somewhere, but, like, it it disappeared quite quickly. Makes no sense. Coming in at number two, we see them show up to an acapella party and everyone's standing around, they're all having drinks, they're all chatting, and then after about discernible, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of everybody being there, somebody finally puts on some music. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) i didn't notice that but so such a good call they would have been playing music from the start that makes literally no fucking sense to me at all and but then what tops all of that is talking about no discernible noise the girl that makes no discernible noise at all makes it into an acapella group that they would still uh, yeah, pick yeah. a girl that they cannot literally hear any noise coming out of her mouth. And you might say, oh, hey, they really desperately needed people. No, they didn't. They fucking fired two people after they picked up the girl <laughs> that couldn't make any noise. What a load of bullshit. I loved her, though, by the way. Oh, amazing. Every single line she said. Don't get me wrong. Amazing. Totally played for laughs. I get it. Fucking hilarious. But at the same time, load of shit. Totally. I was born with girls like a fish. <laughs> I ate my twin in the womb. Yeah, I ate my twin in the womb. That was my favourite one. That was amazing. I know. I like I was born with girls like a fish because she makes a little fish thing with her face, like with her mouth. She does like a little, like with her mouth. It's hilarious. Mm. All right, Sam, what's the next question now that you've had your little rant? That moves us to question number 10. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this movie? Okay. So this is kind of what I alluded to before, because when I was thinking about this movie and I was thinking of the character of Aubrey, so it's like, why is Aubrey not like mixing it up? Why is she doing the same thing that like everyone else did? And to me, the philosophical debate that kind of arose in me when I was watching this is this is a clear depiction of the cycle of abuse. Because when you see like the former Bella leader and she's like abusive to like everyone under her, um, they obviously then leave college um, and then Aubrey and Chloe are the only ones remaining. So they are the senior people in the group. 
And then Aubrey carries on this cycle of abuse because that's all she knows. So she obviously has these feelings of, oh, I need to carry on the way that I was taught how to do it. And that's how she's, why she's such a bitch to everyone. But also I think that's why she chooses the same songs because she needs to kind of rectify it in her mind that she can do it and she can do it with this set of songs. And that's why she's so focused on treating them like that and using the same songs. And she's so against Becca. I think it's the cycle of abuse. Okay, well... What are your thoughts? I see your serious answer, your serious, thoughtful, thought-provoking answer. And I raised you my very trivial one. Does every bathroom have amazing acoustics? (laughs) 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 They just had really good acoustics in the bathroom. I am Titanium. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, Amy, you're, you're probably right on that. But I don't have the capacity Sorry, for more deep philosophical debate than this. But, but that's the thing. Like, when, you talk, when you're thinking deep philosophical, like, I took that very literally. So I was like, I'm going to be deep and very meaningful about this and take this question, what do I see? I see the cycle of abuse. What does Liz see? Acoustics in the bathroom. Like really good <laughs> acoustics. Yeah, I was that really blown away. Pretty much sums up the New Zealand yeah. experience. Is like we ask the most <laughs> like serious question, we get the most non-serious answer. That is the New Zealand way. The most sarcastic answer, for sure. <laughs> no, they were really good, good acoustics. They were amazing acoustics. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. What, what sort of sound engineer designed that fucking toilet think- block? And my bathroom has good acoustics. I think it's, is it like to do with the tiles or something like that? Because generally I think that, you know, like when people say like they sing in the shower, yeah. it, is, it is because of the acoustics, isn't it? Because of like the way that the sound bounces off tiles or, you know, hard. Yeah, I sound um, amazing in the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I sing in the shower, it bounces off hard things. I'm, I'm with you there, Em. It's... <laughs> Okay, what is your answer, Sam? My my answer, um, something I noticed that I don't think other people might have immediately noticed that then became my deep philosophical debate is at the end of this film, it says based on a book by, I can't remember the author's name, how the fuck do you write a book about an acapella singing group, right? And like, oh, and then they totally start singing the song and then this person does this dance and then this person does this dance and then they dance all over the place. Like, (laughs) right? How weird would that yeah, book that's, be? That's interesting. <laughs> do, you th- do you think that the line in the book is, oh my God, you know David Gadda? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's totally my jam. <laughs> and then she said, you know David Gadda? <laughs> he's my lady jam. He's <laughs> my lady jam as but well. Just, um, to be fair, David Gadda is a lady okay, jam. Okay, I've written a book. Yeah, no big deal. You can you can buy it in the, in the show notes, whatever. But like, like writing the audio description of two songs mixing together and it's sounding really fucking cool, bro. It's a fucking amazing. I'm the next fucking, I should be out in Los Angeles. All that shit is like, how do you convey that through text? That makes no fucking sense to me. All I can imagine is one of those situations where like, you know, it's like, oh, it's based on a book. It's got nothing in common. Starship Troopers, I've read the book. Nothing in common with the movie. Absolutely fucking zero in common. That's all I can imagine is that they wrote a coming-of-age story of a girl who joined an archipelago group and she found herself, oh, not even that, she probably joined a chess club. And they were like, hey, can we make a movie based on your book? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? And this is the fucking result. I think, Sam, I think it's a non-fiction book. So I think it's about the world of collegiate acapella. Right, really? And then they kind of just base, like, I think so. And then they just kind of 
created these characters in the story, but it's based in the world of collegiate acapella. That's why we got you here, because you've got the truth and the facts. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know for certain. I guess we'll I, never know. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do an episode on it at some point, and I'll Thank figure you. it out. But um, oh yeah, Thank, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right, I think we are actually over to our personal questions. Yeah. Uh, and I believe we're starting with me. We are. We sure are. Um, so, question 11. Who is the best singer here on this episode? Now, when I when I poised this question, I was like, we could either debate who we think could be the best singer uh, or we could demonstrate if we wanted to. But then no. I thought maybe we could maybe we could put it out there and maybe we could kind of include people like Stacy, mm. Kahu, Matthew, maybe even Billy. Because mm. I think Billy from We Watched a Thing would be like a treble maker. Billy has a full folk indie background, so he's he's yeah next what? level. What? Yeah. No way. So yeah, he is he is one of the treble makers yeah. for definite. But who do we think? would also be like collegiate acapella level of Aka Awesome? Well, my answer is that it, this can only be settled by us each singing the first 16 bars of Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone. <laughs> it's the only way. Okay, okay. I do not know those words. <laughs> well, there's a thing called the internet, Sam, and you can bring up song lyrics. No, I think that just means he, that he defaults out, so he's, he's out of the running. Come on, Sam. Let's do it. Go for it, Liz. Oh, no. I, I wasn't saying that we should do it. I'm just saying it's the only way to decide. Okay. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sing it. Let's, I'm just going to put it out there. Here's the thing. We started out friends. It was cool, but it was all pretend. Yeah, yeah. Since you've been gone. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> Should we just agree it's M? <laughs> sure. That seems like the easiest thing to keep us moving on. Liz, Liz I just <laughs> okay. want to um, take the time to say fuck you because, <laughs> um, spoiler alert for an upcoming episode of Extraction 2, but on Extraction 2, I mentioned that this question was on, an, on a podcast that we just recorded and I made the bold claim that I would eat my hat if Liz didn't say, it's me, it's totally me. <laughs> <laughs> Did Machu text you that fucking ass? No. no, no, I just wanted to try and make you sing the first 16 bars of Kelly Clarkson since we've been gone. You're dedicated, you took the time, <laughs> wasn't long till I called you mine, yeah, yeah, since you've been gone. I can't believe I bullied you both into doing that. All right, Em, what's your next question? <laughs> Come on, Liz. And you never ever <laughs> hear me Oh, soon. Liz. How I picture um, me with you. That's you all never you ever hear, hear me say. Since you've been gone. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't reach yeah, that. Go, Liz. Come, Come on, on do Liz. the chorus. Okay. Um, I can't remember any of it after. Does it start with you dedicated? What's no, the no, first no, no. You're, we're up to the chorus. We're up to the chorus. You've just got to nail the chorus. No, I can't belt it. I'm in a very quiet room where I don't want to wake up my parents. <laughs> Our daughter's having a stroke. Oh. What the fuck's wrong with her? 
Yeah, I tell you what, if our Patreon donations get up to $5,000 a month, I will record me singing it naked. No, okay, fully clothed. Oh, and Liz and everybody. We will sing a communal fucking choir version of it. There you go, Patreons. It's up to you guys now. I will not be naked. <laughs> no, fully clothed. Fully clothed. Okay, let's move on then. Um, hopefully you'll get like, you know, your 5,000 patrons and all of that sort of stuff. Um, question 12. What would the movie reviews in 20Q's acapella group name be? Now, I actually have uh, an answer for this because it came to me and I was like, this is a great uh, group name, but I want your group names. Uh, and ideally, I want them to be punny or funny as well because like the Treblemakers is a great name for an acapella group. Barton Bellas, not so much, but Treblemakers. Oh, and the uh, High Notes as well. That's also... Very good name. But, um, yeah, what are your names? Personally, I'm pretty sad that the menstrual cycles was already taken. (laughs) Yeah, same. That (laughs) That was the best one by far. Gail's group was the best one. That was amazing. That was awesome. Um, Look, I just couldn't think of anything. So then I I thought to myself, I'm going to ask ChatGPT because it's helped me a lot in the past. You fucking No, this is hilarious. You'll like it. So I asked ChatGPT and I said, look, I need a punny acapella group name or actually I think I just said a punny group name that plays on music and movies can you give me some ideas and they were all terrible except for one which was (laughs) I don't even understand how it's a pun but I just love it it was flicks and beats (laughs) okay (laughs) chat GBT you will not be taking over the world anytime soon Flicks and beats. I actually responded and said, can you please explain the pun? And it said, flicks is like movies and beats is like music. And I was like, thank you, ChatGPT. <laughs> that is the, shit, the shittest, best answer ever. Yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, Sam, what's yours? Well, me, Kahu and Machu have a very similar cadence of voice. So I went off, I've got a baritona. Oh my That's God. actually quite good because they talk about toners in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, if, like, if you've also, got a toner for someone. Also, we get McLoving in this and his one of his most famous quotes from Superbad is, I've got a boner. So I was like, I've got a baritoner. Sam, that's actually really decent. I really like Thank that you. one. Thank you. Uh, so but I think mine is very on trend for this podcast because Excellent. mine is top Acker quality podcasting. Oh, I love it. That is brilliant. Perfect. So, Absolutely there we go. Perfect. You're just winning every answer. <laughs> you are. I just, I love winning. Question 13. Um, so, Ace of Bass, obviously they were a huge band like in the 90s. I think they're Swedish. Um, their song, The Sign, was a 90s hit featured prominently in a 2010s movie. But what 90s hit would you want to revive in your, in Liz's case, shitty named a cappella group, but in Sam's case, really decently named a cappella group? Yeah, so what 90s hit would you like to revive? Okay, you're just being mean to chat GPT here and I won't won't stand for it. Um, I am going with Spice Girls Wannabe because who doesn't want to hear an a cappella version of that? That would actually be really cool. I know. And the little rapping bit and everything. Oh, be gold. I'm not going to lie. That was actually on my short list of songs that I was like, what epitomizes the 90s? 
but at the same time has a bit of attitude, you know? So I was like, you, you want something that's got a little bit of attitude. And then I was like, okay, four non-blondes, what's going on? Mm, Alanis Morissette, you ought to know. I was like, these are like a little bit too extreme. So then I started going back to my, my, my music hits me so hard. It makes me say, oh my Lord, thank you God for blessing me with a mind to rhyme and two hyped feet. Can't touch this. MC Hammer, can't touch this. Do, 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 do. It's got the level of like, hey, fuck you, but at the same time, it's so 90s. I say that, but it was released early 1990. It barely fucking scrapes in. So, boom. But it counts. It counts. It's just the tip, but it counts. <laughs> nice. Cool. Very good choices. Both excellent choices. All right. So, my questions. Let's see. Uh, question 14. If you were trying to convince someone to like movies who didn't like movies, just like Skylar was trying to do for Becca, what movie would you show them? For me, you've got to show them some a movie that no one dislikes, you know, like and that's hard to pick. That's hard to pick a movie that no one dislikes. And so the choices are polar opposites, either Schindler's List or Amelie. You know what I mean? Like Schindler's List, I haven't heard a single person say, Oh, that's a shit film. At the same time, Amelie I haven't heard a single person go, yeah, I watched it, it's trite bullshit. You know what I mean? So you want something like that that makes somebody see the power of movies, whether it's the drama or the comedy. You want the, you know, the opposites. Wow. Schindler's List, really? Okay. I'd- yeah, I, I'll, can I be completely honest? I think yeah. that I can. Um, I couldn't finish Amelie. I just couldn't. Oh! I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I watched it and I was like not in the mood, but I've never kind of re- tried rewatching it since. And I've never watched Schindler's List because I don't like movies that really upset me. Which is fair enough. Yeah. So like if you came to me and said, you've got a choice between Schindler's List and Amelie, I'd be like, neither? <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. But, interesting. Yeah. But why Schindler's List? Because that's very heavy. Yeah, obviously it is very heavy, but it's like, it's showing the power of movies. Like it's like... It's, it's the ultimate, you know, dichotomy of, like, Shakespeare writes comedies, he writes tragedies. It's, like, it's showing you how you can just tug on the human emotions, whether it's the extreme happiness or extreme depression. It's, like, you know, one or the other sort of thing. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Oh, I do. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Well, look, I had a list. So I put a list together. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to pick like what I feel is appropriate on the day. Um, and the second one on the list um, is probably like The Princess Bride because it's kind of easy to watch. Like it's a fantasy. It's funny. It's romantic. Like it covers all of those bases and it, it looks really nice. It's a sweet movie. And kind of like what Sam said, I don't know anyone who doesn't like The Princess Bride Me. or like parts of The Princess Bride. But then, yeah, Can't whatever. Seen it. Whatever, Sam. Me and no Nick Haskins, we hate um, The Princess Bride. We think it sucks. Yeah, but look, right. My point is, I didn't like any of yours either. So, you know. Yeah, well, fair enough. Kind, yeah, yeah. It's kind of fair. But okay. um, my ultimate choice is, and I know Liz is going to come for me, but I don't care because <laughs> Liz's oh opinions don't matter. Um, and it's The Mummy. Because The Mummy is the perfect genre mix. It has everything that you could possibly need. And what was the... I tell you what, there was a recent episode of this podcast where like, Liz said that... Was it <laughs> like on the she mummy. preferred... <laughs> she preferred like Zoolander or something to The Mummy or something like that. And I was like, what I the fuck, I prefer many films to The Mummy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Liz prefers getting a colonoscopy to The Mummy. 
basically what I'm hearing is like neither of you are making this person like films, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious that you both have movie podcasts. Well, yeah, but do you have answers for this, Liz, or do you not? Uh, no, I didn't have an answer for okay. this one. I just thought okay. you guys would like an opportunity to wax lyrical about movies because you're both movie nerds. I mean, that's the thing. I, well, I just I yeah. interpreted this as being like, okay, pick some films that can show you the like how how much impactful in terms of the human emotion a film can be, and that's what I went for. To be honest, I'd go the Shawshank Redemption. It's number one on IMDb. Shawshank was up there. That was my other yeah. one. That yeah. was the film that's just like, I, I've never met anyone that's like, oh, the Shawshank sucks, you know. Like, it's number one on IMDb for a reason. Yeah, the Shawshank Redemption is absolutely brilliant. Like, Guess I am the most movie expert person here. Look, no, Liz, no. (laughs) Don't even go there, guys. I've got, like, fucking (laughs) 50 films that I want to tell people about. That that is up there. Okay. I think we need to move on to the next question. Yes. Okay, okay. Shooting people. Okay, so question uh, 15. Now, the, uh, the Barnabellas were not allowed to have sexual relations with any of the treble makers, but if you had to have sexual relations with one of the treble makers, who are you picking? I refuse to answer this question because the only person I'm sleeping with is Stacey. And no, not my wife. I'm talking about Stacey from the Bellas. <laughs> really? Yeah, if I've got to pick anyone out of this film, it's Stacey from the Bellas. The, she's awesome for reasons that are going to sound deeply Stupid. So I'm just going with Stacey mm-hmm. from the Bellas. So, so basically, you're going for the really hot girl with the very ample bosom who clearly mm-hmm. likes to have lots of sexual relations. Wow. Yeah. What a surprise. Great choice, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, could you not choose a Bella with you know a bit of a personality? Hey, she's got a personality. She's got a wonderful. She's awesome. Okay, her hobbies are <laughs> cuticle here and the E Network. You're asking me if I have to sleep with one of them. You're not asking me if I have to befriend one of them, if I have to form a relationship with one of them, if I have to marry one. Asking sleep with. Like, it's... Okay. 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 Em, what's your answer? Well, I was... um, I wasn't sure if I could pick Jesse... Because like he's the lead character, but yeah. No, that's it would be Jesse. It would it would be Jesse. Uh, just generally because Skylar Astin is, it seems like a like the character seems like a really sweet, lovely guy, and he also seems like he'd be you know fun in bed because he can dance. Like oh my god, can that can that guy dance? Like there's something about him. Like he's got very good kind of energy about him, or maybe he's got a bit of Kennedy. Who knows? <laughs> um, but, yeah, just very kind of sexual kind of energy about him that I really like. But if I couldn't have Jesse, then I would choose Donald, you know, yep. the guy with the glasses, because he can also dance really well. And in my mind, if a guy is a good dancer, then that means he's really good in bed. I think this is perfectly reasonable. It's a myth. Yeah. All right, so my final <laughs> question is, is this the quintessential movie about a college student finding themselves? No. Thank you for your opinion. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what 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 is? Okay, 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 okay. But M, I'm going to give you three guesses. I'm going to I've got a movie written in front of me which I think is the quintessential movie about the college student finding themselves, right? Okay. If, okay. If you can, I wonder if it's the same as mine. If you can guess in those three guesses, I will you know, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> this is two weeks in a row. I've promised I'm going to eat my hat. You don't even have a hat. I don't have a fucking hat. No, but I'd I'd want something more than eating a hat. Like give me something decent. For winning. Okay, yeah, tell me, tell me what you want. I'll, I'll make it happen. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll let you know afterwards. Okay, sounds good. Um, yeah. Okay, so wonder if it's th- if one of your answers is the same as mine, but I don't think it is because I think you've chosen something that was going to be my answer, but then I changed my mind. <laughs> yes. So my answer was legally blonde because <laughs> nice. it's because this movie isn't really about college education. It's about like extracurricular activities in college, whereas Legally Blonde is about a college education and it is about a woman who, you know, seemingly um, doesn't fit into that world. Like, obviously, she's blonde, like she comes across as very ditzy, but she's actually really intelligent and she obviously goes through law school and, you know, basically, in the end, spoiler alert for Legally Blonde, but she basically becomes a lawyer. Um, And to me, that is like the pinnacle of the student experience of like, you know, going to college and like gaining your degree. But Sam, I don't think you've chosen that. Okay. I think you've chosen um, the one with Robin Williams. Uh, did Poet Society? Yes. No, I haven't chosen that. Oh. Did you choose Legally Blonde then? I did choose Legally Blonde. <laughs> nice. I actually thought of Legally Blonde when I wrote the question. Of course I chose Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde is awesome. Okay. Yeah. For me, that was the quintessential movie about the college student finding themselves. 100% Legally Blonde. That movie rocks. It's it's so good. And also, now I'm going to have to think about something that you can do for me because uh, I obviously deserve it. Um, <laughs> sure. But I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> While you're doing that, Sam, why don't you ask us your questions? How the hell did the Bellas make the final the first time around? I mean, as we see in the movie, they're doing the same old shit. They're doing it every year. How? How did they make the final? It's pretty easy. I don't know if Emma agrees, but I'm going skinny blonde college girls in an all-male judging panel. Yeah. 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 I was like, okay, they're clearly all beautiful, gorgeous, attractive, skinny. Like, it kind of makes perfect sense to me. It kind of was the only way that it would work. Yeah. I'm kind of annoyed at myself because there is that part in the film where one of the judges goes, or even well, it might have been Gail, even says, this isn't hot blonde girls that we were expecting. What's going on here? God damn it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because they, they even say, don't they, like when when um, Aubrey and Chloe are kind of trying to get new members, Aubrey says something along the lines of, we're looking for, you know, bikini-ready, beautiful girls mm. who can sing. And then they obviously meet Fat Amy. Um, and you can kind of see Aubrey like, uh, yeah, she doesn't really kind of match our aesthetic, but she kind of just goes with it. Because I think the idea is, is that she's so desperate that, mm. you know, this slightly larger girl is therefore kind of okay. Uh, but yeah, they are clearly after, quote unquote, bikini ready girls. I don't know if that's a quote or whether I'm just making that up, but I'm sure she says something along those lines. 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, moves me over to my next question. What was a joke question that I sent through to Liz and has somehow ended up in the questions anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Has there ever been anyone cuter than Anna Kendrick in 2012? Yes. Who? Who? Who's your answer? <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, and female, right? Okay. Has there any been any female that's been cuter than Anna Kendrick in 2012? Oh, no. My answer was Skylar Aston in 2012. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Like, he's just so super adorable and enthusiastic yeah. and kind yeah. and lovely. Like, M's wax lyrical about it. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that Skylar Astin is incredibly cu- more cuter than Anna Kendrick. But also, I do kind of... M- m- the rest of my answer was basically Anna Kendrick telling the Twilight franchise to hold her beer because 
obviously Anna Kendrick was in Twilight and mm-hmm. then she was like a tiny part in that and she's obviously become like, you know, really well-known name. I actually, um, I think she's just done her directorial debut as well and it's getting getting like rave reviews at the minute. So like her career has gone from strength to strength since Twilight, but I think Pitch Perfect was basically her hold my beer to the Twilight franchise. Mm. But I think, yeah, Anna Kendrick is cute. Like, don't get me wrong. I think she is a cute person, but... Skylar Astin, man. I mean, yeah, he's something. He is. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I was, yeah. I was fully expecting the male response. I kind of wanted to see if you guys could come up with a girl that had been cuter than Anna Kendrick in 2012 because she was like at the time. Anna Kendrick was like, oh my god, this girl's so cute. She's just, you know, became the it girl there for like a year or two or whatever. But yeah, probably should have worded the question that way. Then maybe, probably, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Anywho, my final question, a la Fat Amy taking a burrito to the chest, what's the most embarrassing slash catastrophic thing that has happened to you right before something very, very important? <laughs> what, do you want mine? Because it's, it's, quite, it's quite embarrassing. Um, and to be honest, it's the only thing I could think of. And it wasn't like a really important thing. The story is so that I've been I've been chatting to this guy on a dating app because, as everyone knows, I am perennially single. Um, so I was chatting to this guy on a dating app. He was really nice. He was really sweet. And before we met in person, we arranged a video chat because, you know, you want to make sure that the person you're chatting to is who they say they are. And I was working from home that day. And um, Monday lunchtime, I had lunch, which, you know, is very standard um and I basically had some salad in the fridge and at the time I was growing some of my own tomatoes and you know some of my own green beans like out in the garden and I thought to myself well I've got some salad I'll get I'll pick some tomatoes out of the garden and I'll pick some beans and I'll have like a fresh green bean salad for my lunch it's going to be amazing And uh, to be fair, like it was, like I had my lunch, it was delicious, and I carried on with the rest of my day. And then at about like four, kind of five o'clock, I started to feel a bit unwell. And I just started feeling worse and worse. This was like about an hour before I was due to do this video chat. (laughs) I basically ended up projectile vomiting all over my bathroom. (laughs) How relevant. Ouch. (laughs) And I'm going to be really gross now, but we're talking like both sides kind of stuff. Um, And it was just before, it was just before I was due to video chat with this guy. So I was like, could not stop vomiting. And what basically happened was I realised after I told my mum and she said, oh, no, you have to cook these beans because (laughs) they've got like lectins or something which is poisonous to humans so if you eat them you are poisoning yourself and I didn't realize when I ate these green beans um you you need to cook them and so I poisoned myself just before this video date and so I messaged this guy you know I was like I'm really sorry I'm not feeling too well uh And then I think he kind of took it that like I was making an excuse and I was like, I promise I'm not making an excuse. Like I've just been like really violently ill. And basically (laughs) uh, after I kind of blew chunks for a bit, I started to feel better. So I was like, I'll have a shower. And I did join the video call, um, but I looked like absolute shit because (laughs) I I didn't have time to put any makeup on. Um, 
like my face was all red because I was still like recovering from. Oh, like, hey, nice I'm, to meet you. How you going? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it was like projectile. It was a bit like this movie, you know, like where Aubrey is like projectile vomit. It was a bit like <laughs> yeah. that. It was horrible. Hello, um, it's so nice to meet so you. Then it was like, <laughs> that's why I said relevant before. I was like, hey, that ties in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I did join the video chat and. Then I was like, I've got to explain. So then I had to explain to this guy what had happened. Um, And um, to to his credit, he was like completely okay with it. And he was like, I'm glad you're feeling better. And we did meet um, and we did have a few dates. And, you know, he was a nice guy. But um, yeah, not my most attractive video chat experience. It's rough, but amazing. So, yeah. I have an example, but it doesn't really compete with that. But look, my exam- my um, story was just uh, when I was working at McDonald's um, when I was at university, I had to change out the strawberry flavour of the milkshake canisters. Like you have to switch them out and connect the things. And it, there was a bit of pressure built up when I changed it and I didn't really think about it too much, just switched them over, whatever. Served people for like half an hour and everybody was looking at me like I was a weirdo, but I didn't really know what was going on, why. I was just kind of like, everyone's just being a bit rude, whatever. And then finally, a uh, customer was like, do you know that you have giant pink spots all over your face? And I was like, I'm sorry, what now? Oh, no. <laughs> no one had said anything. People working around me, the customers, no one. Went to the bathroom and I fully looked like I had like pink measles or something. Like it was completely insane. And nobody said a thing. That's amazing. <laughs> I hate people. Fair enough. So that's mine. What's yours, Sam? Oh, I don't, I don't want to give one. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> no, fuck it. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short. I went for a job interview, and right before the job interview, I went to the toilet to like go to the toilet. And then I went up to the sink to wash my hands, and when I went to turn on the tap, the tap was incredibly violent is the best way to describe it. And <coughs> I'd put my hands underneath it to wait for the water to come out. When it came out, it came out like a fucking fire hose. <laughs> shot into my lap and just like made me look like I completely wet myself. So I was like, turn the tap off. And I was like, what the fuck? And then the person who was supposed to be like asking me to go through for an interview was like calling out my name. And I was like furiously under the hand dryer and had like paper towels trying to mop myself. They then opened the door and like, are you Sam? And I was like, I don't want to be right now. (laughs) No, I'm the other interview candidate. Yeah, exactly. Whatever the other dude's name is, that's me. You're interviewing him and he's pissed himself fucking self. Yeah, totally <laughs> catastrophic. Yeah. I was like, oh, sorry, the, the the taps. And he was like, okay. And then he went out and he was like, do I just leave? Like, what the fuck do I do? That's hideous. I went for the interview. I got offered the job, which was even fucking funnier. I went in and told them nice. and they're like, oh, that's a funny story. And I was like, yeah, really fucking funny. Yeah. They haven't been shitting my pants for the last 10 minutes as to how you're going to interpret this. Yeah. So basically we all live perfectly charmed lives absolutely <laughs> i mean i do kind of feel like mine might be the worst oh by miles but yeah we're not going to tell you that <laughs> kind of funnily that kind of leads us to the like all of these tie into the last question in a way a little bit a little bit which is yeah yeah which is courtesy of our patreon emily higgins we love you emily everyone knows emily she's the host of the tasteless podcast a podcast which takes a film that is universally beloved everybody knows got nominated for oscars is generally well received compares that to a film that everyone ignores except for her that's the best way to describe it and her question which character has gone the longest without showering it's i'm going with benji because he's keeping live animals on his person for days good answer 
Oh, yeah, good that's a really good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. I really struggled with this, actually. I was thinking about it for ages. And mine was the John Smith, the judge. Because he seems like quite a dirty individual. Like, obviously, he's like the most sexist, the most racist. That's just like the character. And so I was like, well, clearly he doesn't shower because he's a misogynist. I don't know. (laughs) Fair. I'll allow it. Absolutely. There's a whole bunch of dirty hippies. They're called the high notes. I can't imagine they believe in showers and using up water's, you know, the earth's resources for such a wasteful act or using shampoo and soaps and everything else that normal people use. I imagine the high notes do not use showers. Yeah, even if they were okay with it, I bet they'd forget to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That brings us to the end of this podcast, team. It does. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, my God. Em, why don't you tell us all about your podcast and how amazing it is and all that sort of stuff? Oh, well, thanks, Sam. I mean, I think it's pretty cool, but, you know, I'm glad that you think so too. We didn't actually say at the start, but I'm from Verbal Diorama, and um, I've been on this podcast a few times, actually, and I've, I've had Sam on. My podcast is basically, well, it's a film history podcast. I like to talk about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. Each week I go into a bit of a deep dive into the production history of a specific movie, and I love it. Uh, yeah, that's basically what Verbal Diorama does. And I've been doing it for four years now. And it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's an incredible amount of work. But it's a lot of fun. And because of Verbal Diorama, it means that I get to know other podcasts and other podcasters. And that's how I've got to know you lovely people. Because I love movie reviews and 20 Qs. So, um, yeah, I'm always delighted to come back and and chat to you, Liz, because you're amazing. And, you know, Sam, you're kind of okay as well, I guess. Oh, but... well, I've stepped up to kind of okay. I'm so excited. That's amazing. Yeah, well, that's you know, pushing you did, it. You did say I was the Elizabeth Banks. So, you know, I'm I'm gradually like, my my uh, my thoughts about you are gradually improving. Oh, so, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, and obviously you can, you can find Verbal Diorama on all of your podcast apps and um, on like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads. I'm on Blue Sky now as well, at Verbal Diorama, so find me and follow me. That'd be cool. Excellent. Yeah, in terms of upcoming episodes, who knows? Uh, we're recording this kind of, well, not really in the future. I've recorded an episode on Extraction 2 with Machu. Kahu had a couple of films he really wanted to do. I think we're going to do an episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new animated film, because, <laughs> fuck it, we're, we're, <laughs> we're mentally teenagers, so that makes a lot of sense. Sounds like a plan. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on, yep, whatever Elon's called it this week at Move Reviews In, or you can find us on Facebook at Move Reviews In 20 Qs and Instagram at Move Reviews In 20 Qs. Anything else to add, Liz? Anything else you want to throw out there? Heck, excuse me? So that's a no. I don't uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, that's thanks from me. See you later, Ecker bitches. Crushed it. It's making noises with your mouth. Oh. <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> I'm definitely cutting that out. All right. Okay, I'm going to start again. I am looking at my apparent spirit animal. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Top <I'm>... quality <laughs> podcasting. But since you've been gone... I can't breathe for the first time. I'm so moving on, yeah, yeah. Thanks to you, 
Now I get, I get what I want. Since you've been gone.